Hello, Cody, if that is your real name. Hello, Stephanie, if that's really who you are. We say this because today we're talking about... Conspiracy. Did he do it? Did they do it? Was it on purpose? And is anything real? Also, we talk about... How to not be a bad feminist. Black History Month. And we also talk about ghosts. Yes. It's all the spooky kookiness. Ooh. Is it Halloween in here or is it just me? It's just us being That's weird. my real housewife's <laughs> intro line. Is it Halloween in here or is it just me? <laughs> well, let's get on with the spookiness. Oh, I'll see you. You're going to die in there. All right. I'm excited about today's episode. Yes. Because we're talking conspiracy e- theories. Ooky, kooky, spooky. Love it. Kind of things. But before we get into that, it is February. It is Black History Month. And Stephanie, you had something you wanted to share? Yes. So I read an article written by Rachel Cargill a while ago. She's written this a long time ago. And uh, I just think it's important. Um, I'm a white, straight female. I've mentioned that a lot on the show. but Are you? Yes. Oh. oh. <laughs> and so I have a lot of privileges. I consider myself a feminist. And I also want to be a better ally to people of color, women of color. And so I'm trying to do my research. And I'm sharing along the way for everyone it. who listens. I love it. So she wrote this article titled, When Feminism is White Supremacy in Heels. Uh, she says that if there is not the intentional and action-based inclusion of women of color, then feminism is simply white supremacy in heels. And that really concerns me only because I would hate to be that white feminist that is excluding or making stupid comments or anything that would downplay women of color. Because I think feminism stands for equality for all men, women, whatever race, whatever gender, whatever you claim yourself as. Well, feminism is a branch of equality and it's about including everybody. And and that includes women and people of color. You yes. Know? Yes. So I'm going to share some examples of how uh, you can be a bad ally. And then I'm going to talk about how to be a good ally. Uh, already a bad ally is the kind of person who goes, it's fine because my cousin has a friend who is black. You can't do that shit. That's like, come here. on. I, bugs me that's in oh, here that's my big it's like i can i can say yes queen because my my you know my great uncle's cousin's brother sister <laughs> my is best lesbian. friend's like gay. it just bothers me <laughs> you know i hate that shit sorry continue okay so um when you try to exclude yourself from a conversation of race by saying things like i don't see color or i married a black man and i have brown kids just yeah. like what Cody was saying. So um, that's just as irrational as a man saying there is no way he could be a sexist or misogynistic because he has a daughter. Oh, that's um, a great way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. Another example is when you seek to not be lumped into the conversation about oppressive systems against marginalized people because you view yourself as woke when you are essentially screaming, not all men. So um, be a part of the conversation and listen. And lean into <clears throat> it and learn something. Honestly, it is... Yeah, sorry, I'm, I don't want to cut you off. Keep going. No, no, no. Um, when you try to rationalize police brutality by saying, but back, black people are also killing black people. And unfortunately, I've heard this being said a lot in my own family is that black people kill more black people than police kill black people. But that's not an argument. <laughs> um, you're coming in with the same argument that men have when they say she shouldn't have worn that skirt and she deserves to be raped. Wow. That's the logic. Yeah. 
Um, another bad example is when you walk into black or brown spaces and suggest how they can more aptly reach white people on the topic of race. You are basically mansplaining, only now it's whitesplaining how people of color should approach their own activism. Wow. Yeah. Um, the last example is when you begin to feel defensive about the conversation of race, demanding explanations. It is like a man walking into a women's space saying, make me feel more comfortable in this moment, even though the point of this space is sorting out how I make you feel uncomfortable every day in multiple ways. Wow. And I just want to repeat again, this is all written by Rachel Cargill. These are not my own words. This is me paraphrasing and using her own words. Yeah. And they do reinforce my opinions, but it is her writing. Um, a good ally is willing to use their privilege uh, to fight with and for those who are marginalized. And this is something I've talked about on the show before that I see our, our small businesses doing a lot in this town is that um, people aren't asking for a hand out. They're asking for a hand in. And so to collaborate with artists and different people. And that's kind of the same in the same vein that use your privilege, use your your abilities with your community, use all of your connections to help those who need it. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> um, make sure to vote for elected officials who have a track record of ensuring the most marginalized among us are heard and advocated for. Use your sphere of influence, whether it be your dining room table or the boardroom to call out racist and uh, racist ideals. Sorry. So that means like, you know, don't just let it slide. Yeah. If you feel it and you think it and you see it, say something. If you see something, say if something. If you see something, say something. You know, um, take time to uplift the voices and experiences of people of color so that they are not continuously drowned out and ignored. I think that we're seeing a huge shift in media trying to share the stories of those of color. I know that previously, even like um, people of Asian descent, there was not a lot of movies like mainstream movies or them being able right. to act and stuff. And I And I can see that slowly shifting, hopefully not simply to stick a bandaid on years well, and years. That's of the other <laughs> thing I wanted to say is, uh, you know, I first noticed this within my own community. I'm not making it about my own community. Obviously I'm talking about gay LGBTQ plus, but um, it is a minority. And I noticed during June, which is pride month, it's, um, you know, all these companies and brands go all out yes, and support. Yes, but then yes, that's yes, it. yes. But then that's it. That's all we hear from. Them. Right. And so, and so when you see, um, you know, inclusion in the media and advertising and, and you just hope that it's, that it's genuine and it's not just a way for them to say kind of like with and gay I people, think we support you right now because you're looking. Right. <laughs> and because it's I mean? profitable for me to do it's profitable, so. Yeah. And I think that's where it comes into where you have to be a critical thinker and you have to say, okay. Now that their social media site has a flag on it for June, let's actually look into what they do throughout the year. Mm -hmm. What are their policies? And what are they? What, what, what do are they, they donate funding? to? What are they funding? Mm -hmm. Who are they funding? All that is so important. Um, and I think a, I, where I want to kind of take this conversation, um, there's a quote by uh, Dr. Robin D'Angelo. The key to moving forward is what we do with our discomfort. We can use it as a door a door out and blame the messenger and disregard the message or we can use it as a door in by asking why does this unsettle me what would it mean for me if it were true so a lot of times when you are 
given information that goes against the way that you see the world. It's called cognitive dissonance. You start to create reasons why it's okay. And instead sit with that discomfort and understand and, and try to understand it more. There's a great example that Rachel Cargill called out a student on her Instagram because the student was sitting in class and really wanted to be an advocate for the black students in class that there's like this history lesson, something wasn't going right. And the student decided not to raise her hand and call out the professor because she didn't want to pass discomfort on to the professor. Yet every one of those people of color in class were were probably frustrated and uncomfortable. Right. And instead of speaking up and being an ally in that moment. Right. She actually reached out to Rachel. Rachel like coached her and she went back and did the right thing. Perfect. But it's like, why should the teacher, this white male teacher not sit with discomfort, not be called out? Especially but everybody if, else in class has to be uncomfortable. Right, especially if they need to be educated on something that they're being ignorant about. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, if you, if someone's being ignorant, you should, you know, absolutely educate them the best way, no matter, you know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Being attacked, I'm, being, I'm being attacked by our a, curtains a, are falling on me. Okay. If you have it, I think that Cody and I were talking about this last week off air that, it's really only appropriate if you have the mental space to be a warrior for change. You know what I mean? That's why it takes allies like myself and like Cody to bridge those gaps. But if you feel like someone's being ignorant and you're in front of you, you should say something. There's a perfect example. I was working at the bar recently and um, one of my good friends, Cody actually knows, I'm not going to call them out though. A white woman went up to her braids and started touching her hair. <laughs> Fucking unacceptable. Well, you shouldn't touch someone. In general, and it's also public. something that I think women of color have to deal with a lot is like as people asking to touch their hair because it's a, of a different texture and it's so inappropriate. It's not okay. It's not a novelty for you to Thank touch. You. It's not a, a anybody's hair, but especially um, a, a, a woman of color's hair is not a novelty for a white person to play with and touch and explore because it's different than their own. It's there. You know what I mean? That's yeah. wild to me. Don't and I was, touch I was sharing this story <laughs> with her people. sister, Lauren, and she says that it starts too young and it never stops that wow. in elementary school. She remembers getting that young men and women would say off comments about her hair. Like, why is your hair so big? Or why does it look like this? Why does it look like that? And it's like, it starts so young and it never stops. And so it's like, talk to your children, talk to your friends, like become more aware of it. I don't know. Let's be better. Just be better. Just be better. better. (laughs) Okay. So now we're going to take a wild left turn. Well, this was my request. I, you know, I just really love all things odd, spooky, conspiracy i love it all it really thrills me and just um just to say before we get off onto this truthfully as far as this goes stephanie i have no idea what we're talking about so this is all for fun and alleged and we're not making any grand statements they're not necessarily our opinions they're just things that we think are fun to talk about well yeah and and they're not the facts probably either. No, so don't the take thing this about as a con- fact, please. That's the thing about conspiracies <laughs> is that t- conspiracy theorists. I have a friend who's an ultimate conspiracy theorist, and is like she sees a regular looking cloud, and she's like, "Well, the government's poisoning." I love it. Like that's uh, not a chemtrail, sweetie. Also, it's a don't cloud. use Topa Talk as any reference of news or real information, unless it has to do with the royal family. <laughs> Let's get started. Princess Diana was killed. Okay. <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) I believe that she really was. She was murdered by the royals. Well, yeah, obviously, because I mean, there's there's just no denying that. I mean, do you have any information about the events leading up to it? Why was the car crash sketchy? Are there signs? Is there evidence? Well, first things first, it was blamed on the paparazzi. And I do have to say the paparazzi was incessant, terrible, um, just invaded her privacy they were non-stop around princess diana probably more than anybody i was gonna say was it special that they were that crazy about her yes even to today's standards or i would say the paparazzi boom was from um princess diana to maybe 2009 when before celebrities got to take hold of their own narrative with social media right okay so that's when paparazzi had they got to do a narrative with magazines. The only way to see celebrities was through newspaper and magazines and blogs. And so now that there is social media, things are played out a lot differently because they can just address shit online. They can address shit online themselves. And so princess Diana was absolutely stunning. She was a good person. She was so exciting and new and fresh for the Royal family. And so she was a really big deal in England and the paparazzi really clung on to that and watched her every move and it was it's pretty devastating and that's why harry is so protective of megan is because the paparazzi is they're cruel. really mean to her too they're really mean to her and his mother you know died and was so harassed by these paparazzi now they say the paparazzi she was in paris when the car crashed and it was horrible and it was one of the darkest weeks for england in the Mm -hmm. modern times correct Mm -hmm. so the thing is is that you know the palace did not like princess diana very much because she was a lot of trouble and for for them so i think and there's conspiracies out there that the royals had set up this death and like i like always like i always say there's that quote i said it on the episode for Princess Diana's death. This is a quote from, I believe it was like the Queen's sister. Yeah, an aunt or something. Queen's aunt. It was literally a member of the royal family said, Princess Diana's death was a tragic solution to a terrible problem. So, okay, take me to the day that it happened. It was a night. She was with her lover mm-hmm. and they're in the back seat, and the car crashed. But Did he you know, die? Everybody died. How? Car. Like what kind oh, of car crash? It was a horrific accident. Did they crash into another car? Um, I, God, I don't even know. They're in a tunnel. I know that much. Oh, They're God. in like a tunnel. But here's what. The, the reason why she was such a problem wasn't necessarily because she and Charles were cheating on each other. He was cheating on her with his now wife, Camilla. Because she wasn't in the royal lineage? It was, she has, she had already been married and divorced. And at that time it was like, because it's a religious institution, she had been divorced. They can't get married. Right. And then she got married while, while Charles was still single. And he found Diana basically as a rebound because she fit the bill of what was allowed. Diana then was so social and was so public that the Royals at the time were not like we see them now. They, they were, you know, they were kind of elusive and they, they kept to themselves. Yeah. And Diana certainly didn't. She went out and about, shook hands and met the people. And that's why everyone adored her. And that kind of panicked the, the palace because that was something that they were not used to, nor were they really interested in doing quite yet. Mm. Now you could see the difference. They're very involved. In yeah. The, yeah. With the public. They were trying to be shady back in the day. So I think Princess Diana was killed. I really do. And God rest in peace, Princess Diana. I, I R.I.P. R.I.P. 
but I think she was killed by the royal family. Wow. Do you have a conspiracy to share? I do. Let's hear it. We all know what's happening right now with the coronavirus, don't we? What's going on with the coronavirus? I mean, I know. But okay, like, so what's yeah, your people are getting sick and they're scared, whatever. I don't even really know what it is. Well, people so, have died. Let's have a little bit more respect for that. Okay. Yeah, people, <laughs> 60,000 people a year die from the flu. Oh. Oh, your boyfriend has the flu right yeah, now. Well, Should we go check on him? Trying to get rid of him, so okay. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Okay, so a Harvard... A, oh, God. A Harvard scientist. I'm not going to say his title. Okay. Uh, was doing was studying the the cells, that the coronaviruses. They're all just trying to figure out what this thing is. They're trying to create an antidote, whatever. They're trying mm-hmm. to create a solution to this big pandemic that could potentially happen, right? Right. And so they're studying it. And a new study analyzing the full genome says it does have a center segment in its genome, sorry, genome (laughs) encoding a special protein to get it into human cells. And it did not get there through natural random mechanisms. So you think this is a premeditated pandemic? Yes, uh, I do. And it came out from Wuhan, China correct or wrong i don't know how to pronounce it's it when is patient where zero coronavirus sp- yes began. okay and uh another uh, this is all f- i'm finding all this information on reddit there's a conspiracy subreddit which is amazing i'm in love with very it very believable mm-hmm. honestly they do their research they do they're a little yeah they're okay diggers. so here's a quote from somebody on reddit in case you missed it yesterday federal agents arrested Dr. Charles Lieber, chair of Harvard University's Department of Chemistry and Chemical <sighs> Biology, for lying to the Department of Defense about secret monthly payments of $50,000 <sighs> paid by China and receipt of millions more to help set up a chemical biological research <gasps> laboratory in China. Also arrested were two Chinese students working as research assistants, one of whom was actually a lieutenant in the tri- Chinese army. The other captured at Logan Airport as he tried to catch a flight to China smuggling 21 vials of sensitive biological no. samples, according to the FBI. No. Oh, and the research lab that good professor ha- had helped set up. It's located at the Wuhan University of Technology. Wuhan, China is zero. Oh. ground zero to the potential global pandemic known as the coronavirus, which is both spreading rapidly and killing people. You know, it really scares me. I... The whole situation scares me because Bill Gates says it's only a matter of time before a real pandemic happens. So they also, the Reddit conspiracy people also think Bill Gates is involved. Oh. Because he's saying we should gear up for this. And he's like, and you have to gear up and buy Windows 2000. And no, and supposedly he has gone and given vaccines in other countries that have been laced with things. Supposedly. This is yeah. all hearsay. I just, you know, it, it's it's so scary and I hope people understand that a pandemic conspiracy or not if this is the pandemic that pandemics us (laughs) (laughs) or if it's coming in the future do not blame the i don't know i i uh, do not blame the people of where the pandemic started it's a worldwide problem it's not china's problem that's how i believe okay i know because he's really out here trying to protect the chinese i am because i just i a lot of people are like saying like my friend, I won't say her name. She lives in a different city. She, a guy that she works with, got into serious trouble because he said something really racist against Chinese people because of it. Oh, and it's yeah, don't that, do that. Oh, don't I can't be- believe people go there. Like it's it's a pandemic it has nothing to do with the Chinese people. Yeah, well, I guess supposedly that in the first it's Bill Gates's problem. I guess within the first <laughs> five days of it, they were the government was focusing more on interviewing people than trying to create 
a solution for it and oh. so that it spread more and also supposedly that they were using it on the protesters in hong kong <gasps> to and and since the pandemic has started Uh-oh. the riots have totally <gasps> been chill oh so there's a lot of conspiracy there I see that's like that. a big juicy conspiracy i have one that has been captivating me for over a year now okay and <laughs> it also has to do with china okay shen yun <laughs> we've all seen the we've, ads for we've, years though how long have they been up every to it year it's like it's almost like its own season it's like we have winter spring summer fall Shen Shen Yun. Yun. because the ads pop up everywhere now here's the tea okay. it's a beautiful show i've heard i've know people that have gone and seen it and they say it's absolutely stunning and gorgeous okay but here's the problem is that there is a conspiracy out there that and this is actually not a conspiracy. The truth: the Chinese embassy has warned Americans not to support Shen Yun or go see the show. <laughs> okay, which is crazy. Do we do we want to do anything they tell us to or not tell us to? Well, here's why: okay. they say, and people have done their research and found Shen Yun is a nonprofit, but all the funds go to an organization called Falun, which mm. means intelligent rotating entity composed of high energy matter. Um, what wait central truthfulness oh that's okay wait 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 the cult is called falun gong it's a cult apparently oh my god and they have anti-gay propaganda as well as um organ harvesting apparently okay and it's a cult that all the money for shen yun goes to no anti-gay propaganda on my watch don't harvest my gay organs mama Uh -uh. oh do you think that they're anti-gay and harvesting gay organs i mean if they don't like gay people, they probably don't want our organs. Yeah. They have too much glitter in them. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my kidney is actually just a sack of glitter at this point. But, um, yeah, don't. I mean, I. I, I believe that, actually. Me. Shen Yun scares me. I'm, I fully I think believe of, it. I think of this cult harvesting organs. And then you wonder, you hope that these people. Do you remember Kavalya? Okay. Do you remember that? Kavalya was that like horse show? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I, I remember seeing a, the tents. I fucked a guy that was part of Kavalia yeah. and I had a lovely time. And then afterwards I was like, what's it like performing? And he's like, oh, I sell tickets. <laughs> You're like, I'm fucking that this was, horse master. So that was a personal conspiracy of mine. <laughs> he was French and just like, I was like, I felt f- oh, bamboozled. Oh, I sell tickets. <laughs> I felt bamboozled. I thought that he was, I thought he was. He was like in the band. You thought I he was, was in imagining the band. I was the beautiful white horse and Mm-mm. he was the french little acrobat no. and um little did i know that he was just a ticket seller which you know let's he offered not me a discount it. yeah <laughs> yeah he offered me a discount <laughs> He's making a living if it were free i would have known i was good in the sack but a discount i guess i was all right yeah, yeah that's true right you didn't get a free ticket no so i guess like i was on how long ago was that, that was during the thomas fire it was my fire bang so i believe everyone during the thomas fire needed to get laid to release their i think there's some stress. thomas fire kids and i called it the fire bang everybody needed a fire bang yeah and i he had was a fire yeah. he was my fire bang it, it was important mm-hmm. okay I have always thought about this recently. Always thought about this recently. <laughs> I have been thinking about this for a long time, I guess I'll say. Um, I'm trying to pull up a quote because I think it's important to help make my point. So I have a conspiracy on the whole self-care, treat yourself thing going on right oh, now. You're t- I, you know me. I love self-care. So hit me with the facts. So here's my issue 
with a lot of it is that it is just creating insane consumerism. It's, oh, yeah. It is just trying to get your dollar in a different way. It's the same companies that we were trying to not buy from before, but they're repackaging and reimagining everything as self-care. Do it for yourself. Treat yourself. Blah, 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 blah. So it's like you're not going about self-care in the proper way. And this quote was amazing. You will buy expensive products marketed for self-care, but feel guilty when it's time to take a healing nap. Capitalism has a stronghold wow. over our bodies and minds. Resist. Ooh. So Ooh. I'm all about that. I, I see what they're, because I do feel guilty if I've slept in or taken a nap. Oh my God, why? But then I'm like, because isn't that odd? It's terrible. You're so right. And you know, all these big companies, they know what we need right now, which is basically a hug. The, the world needs a hug right now. <laughs> so these big companies are tapping into that. If you want self-care, take a nap, support small local businesses like Life Elements where you could get face masks, body scrubs, and other things to treat yourself and use promo code CRAY at checkout for 20% <laughs> off. My conspiracy is coming true right in front of my eyes. But they're a small business and we love them. No, and their things are healing for your body. And that's what's important too is like, I have I have this also like, it, it's twofold that when you buy something online or you buy something at Target, it's instant gratification. You get an instant high from it. You're instantly excited, right? You're like, yes, I got this new thing. But that does not sustain you for a long period of time. You're so so right. healing truly comes from like, really working on things, going to your therapist, that's self-care, treat yourself, go to therapist, go to AA, go to Al-Anon, buy something from Life Elements and stick to a routine. Like if you are wanting to do some self-care, then get a new skincare product and stick to it. Yeah. Have discipline, work out. Like self-care mm -hmm. does not need to be something that's packaged and sold to you. And it looks different for everybody. I, you know, over a year ago, I created a holiday where it was just like napping day. Love and it. I turned off my phone. I wore a robe. I bought snacks. I napped as I wanted to. I didn't owe anybody anything. And I like, I watched movies and I had just washed my sheets the day before because of that. Like I wanted clean, fresh sheets. I really made it like an event to just do nothing. I didn't, you know, I didn't wake yeah. up and go, I am not going to do anything today. I really like, it was a premeditated, like lazy day. And I love it. So and nice. I love what you're saying because I also heard this quote recently that said, um, would you think that emotional eating was negative if the result wasn't fat? <gasps> because you're nurturing your body, you're giving yourself what you like in the moment, and you're making yourself feel good with food, but people want to villainize it or make you feel guilty because of it because the end result sometimes is weight gain or could potentially yeah. be weight gain. And people are so fat phobic and so afraid of weight that they make it to be such a bad thing but food is nurturing well i see what you're saying 100 percent. but as an emotional eater myself yeah. i certainly am like no doubt well, about there's it. self sabotage it's, and then there's self-healing it's, <laughs> it's it's a way to cope yeah for things and it's not the most positive way to cope yeah. with things. So it depends. You know, if you're beating yourself up because you had a cookie and you thought that was emotional eating and you don't want to get fat, that's one thing. But if you are using it as a way to cope and numb yourself, that's a real problem. Of and course. That, um, yeah, that's, that's like a real problem. You also have to be careful. And this is like the perfect example is that if you have long-term goals, like let's say losing weight mm -hmm. or let's say saving money, mm -hmm. making emotional purchases in the moment mm -hmm. is not sustaining your long-term goal. Yeah. Emotionally eating and binge eating is not sustaining your long-term goal. Of course you should be flexible and once in a while go for it because it's fun and it's, it actually helps you um, retune your 
like inspiration to be better if that makes sense okay because there's so much science around cheat day eating right and how good it is right because you do it once a week and then it's like now we're back on track and it doesn't actually make any difference in your weight gain right and so if you can do these things self-care or emotional eating without jeopardizing your long-term goals that's when it's healthy yeah and it's and it's you know it's truly like its own drug emotional eating oh my god i know you know you would never tell an alcoholic, like kind of like, you know, a glass of red wine has antioxidants and it's okay to have it there. You would never tell an alcoholic that. No. They just have to abstain. <laughs> yeah. So people who have severe um, binge eating disorder, yeah. bulimia, um, they have to, you know, really understand that they are, it's a tool that they could use to cope and it's about learning new tools to cope and learning what they are um, numbing themselves from to heal with yes. and, and not need food or spending to to numb these feelings or cope with with a difficult time and i i believe that you know binge eating if you are have binge eating disorder which is a real disorder i i really believe it's it's such a difficult thing because when you are addicted to alcohol, you go to meetings, you do the work and you, you don't allow alcohol in your house. Yeah. You, if, if alcohol was a tiger, you put it in its cage and put it over there with binge eating. You have to let that tiger out for a walk three times a day. Yep. So it's really, really, really really good point. It's really, really difficult for people to do, including myself. I have, I definitely have binge eating disorder. I had bulimia for a while, which oh, I've never even told. I don't even think Kaylee's fresh out on the podcast. Oh, wow. Um, no, like 10 years. I had the opposite where I took laxatives I every single day. Did you? It's just the opposite, right? What do you call that? The moment I <laughs> disgusting. got in the house that we grew up w- with. I only say my, disgusting. Sorry. That was my <laughs> feel on how I was how you treating felt. myself in that, yeah. in that time of my life. They, I had a, my own bathroom for the first time, like towards the end of me living at my house growing up. Yeah. And I just... Yeah, I just realized, oh, it's so easy to just like binge. It wasn't every single meal. It was yeah. at night. I would just binge eat and then just puke it all up. Yeah. And then it transitioned to exercise bulimia, actually, where I'd be in our home gym on the treadmill for like two hours to oh, burn no. the exact amount of calories that I consumed yeah. that day. It was dark, but I'm... We're moving forward yeah. to healthier times. Well, now I, I saw I you feel, do all your meal prep for this week. Yeah. I mean, I struggle so hard with food and yeah. and in my emotions i have mental health problems obviously we're aware of this <laughs> obviously but, but obviously we're aware of this but my coping mechanism has always been food growing up some childhood trauma you know it's like food has always been my security blanket yeah. and it still is and i every day I have a little bit of a healthier outlook on food and i'm just Good. trying to get there and you kind of picked up on that Yes. You definitely picked up on that. I'm aware. You asked me that. Can before. I I'm hyper aware of other people's eating patterns because I am obsessed with eating. Yeah. And it's something that I tell people all the time we joke around. And it's not even a joke. Like I literally am living so that I can eat. I make a paycheck mm-hmm. so that I can eat. Like I'm obsessed with eating. Yeah. I'd give up alcohol any day. I want to eat. Yeah. Well, Love- food is my number one. Dr- well, I also gave up I'm like a hundred and ten days sober or something like that from Congratulations. Alcohol. Thank you big deal alcohol is not my gig i had a like full psychotic break in october <laughs> while i was drunk it's like the devil in my shower anyways any hoochies so let's get back um, to conspiracy well that's spooky i saw the devil 
Ooh, spooky you, I re- you couldn't have told me I didn't. I It was a full-on psychotic break in October, but I'm much better now. Do you have another conspiracy? Oh, as you know, I love Titanic. Oh, okay, wait. Tell the people. I I love Titanic. I've just never seen the movie Titanic. He's never seen the movie. I ought to see the movie. You I ought just, to see it. I ought to see it, but I just haven't because I just haven't gotten around to it. It's such a commitment. It's such a long movie, but I, I love the Titanic. Okay. Like a year ago, I got... And you think it's a conspiracy? Well, a year ago, I got high out of my mind and watched like a simulated version of the Titanic sinking in real time. It was two hours and 40 minutes long. How do you live? I, I, not well. Wild. <laughs> but listen, so the company that, that, that built the Titanic also built a ship called the Olympic. And what happened was was this Olympic was not safe and it was a total loss for this company. It had structural damage. The, what the, the fuck? steel beams, it, the, it was just, the Olympic was a total fail, right? What was the name of this company? I don't know. They better go out of business. The, oh, I'm sure. I mean, it was White Star Line. Mm-mm. White Star Line. That's what it was called. So it was called like White Star. So the owner, J.P. Morgan, um, this is all a legend, decided... <laughs> That, hey, we're going to lose a fuck ton of money on this Olympic. So they slapped paint over the Olympic and and painted Titanic and switched them, knowing that Titanic was going to sink. Now, all these really important people pulled out of the Titanic's trip at the last moment. The rich, important people that stayed on the ship had beef with the company. This reminds me of 9-11 conspiracies. Well, listen, honey. Okay. So, so what happened was, is it sank... Because it was, and they got to collect insurance. I thought they hit a glacier. Well, they hit it probably on purpose. Rude. And this is just a conspiracy. I'm sure there's a lot of plot holes. Like you're thinking, well, the loss of the Titanic and the 1,500 people on it and the settlement that that caused put White Star Line out of business. So really the conspiracy didn't work. But the only reason why I kind of believe this is Mm -hmm. because if you are going to lose that much money, you may as well try it. And then, um, (laughs) and then now that like, it's eroding underwater. You can see Olympic underneath. <gasps> they can see Olympic okay. painted underneath okay. Titanic. All There's right. pictures. So that's pretty wild, right? It is wild. Near far wherever you are, you were on the wrong ship, honey. Damn. Yeah. Okay, I'm into that one. I love Celine Dion. She's not actually in Titanic, is she? No. Damn. No, 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 no. Kathy Bates is in it. Sure. I love Kathy Bates. she the pretty one? I would fuck Kathy Bates in a car on Is the she Titanic. the one that Leo fucks? Maybe, well, I don't think they show it, but probably Kathy Bates plays Molly. You've seen it. I I've haven't seen, the seen movie. it. Anyways. Okay. I want to go to Target. So let's get through this, huh? Yeah. And uh, let's go buy self-care items at Target, you bitch. I'm, I really want to. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have a couple. Can we just get through these? Yeah. Celebrities st- sell stories to TMZ and tabloids to make themselves relevant. 100%. Okay, great. Fact. Kyle Kinane has a hilarious uh, stand-up. And his, I'm sharing his conspiracy theories because they're hilarious. He says that Trader Joe's parking lots are built to be smaller so that they seem more popular. Oh, <laughs> I could see that happening. So that's a conspiracy. Also, Trader Joe's employees are all fucking 
wonderful. Like, are, they're do all they so have happy. like chips in the back of their neck that they take out and charge at the end of the day it's and like then put them back in? It's like Stepford wipes. Yes. They're always happy. They're like, hey, Cody. I'm like, I've never met you. How do you know my name? They like to analyze what I buy. Like these, a couple times it's happened because I was poor and my credit card was getting declined there a lot. So maybe they were just like trying to help me out. But they were like, oh, without the salmon and the three bottles of red wine, your order would have been like $10. That's, and I'm just like, fuck you. That's scary. You know what they do to me? <laughs> I love snack foods. Yeah. And, um, when I'm going through like one time this girl's like ooh someone's having a party and I'm like yep just me nope. myself and I wasn't. I'm like just had a hard day <laughs> <laughs> okay one more okay the FDA is creating expiration dates so that you have to buy more stuff and throw away stuff and just Rot- spend more money rotten food scares me I don't want to believe that to be true <laughs> because I, I want them to protect me from rotten food it's, it's so gross the FDA me. is not protecting anybody but that's another story for another day yeah also um mattress mattress stores mm-hmm. it's a drug front we don't why we don't need so many mattress stores also lamp stores how do lamp stores get by how yeah. many lamps could you possibly buy like drug front. how much how many lamps do you need to sell a month to make your more your rent and then also make a profit to pay all the people yeah lamps i have an ohi conspiracy let's hear it there is literally someone buried underneath the ohi post office tower Okay. Yeah, probably. I just made that up. Built, I'm just trying to start an urban built upon legend. It. I just made that up. Urban legend. Who was it? Who was buried under there? Um, I would guess that it is back in the day uh, when Edward Libby was here building uh, Ojai. He yeah. had a mistress and she was making a lot of noise. And so he needed to get rid of her and they were going to build this beautiful building. So before ground struck, he was like, let's build this bitch under it. He dug her up. He wow. dug her and put her there. That's all. That's wow. all I'm saying. Yeah. What do you think? I, I see that and maybe maybe yeah. Maybe. Her, maybe her name was Belle and they oh. were like put a bell tower yep. up. Loving it. Urban legends every uh, day. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. I wanna get fucked by a ghost. <laughs> I do. I think it'd be so fascinating. Like do you remember in I'd Ghostbusters? I'd be okay with a ghost watching me. Well, they do. Like while we get down in there, like have fun. Do you remember in Ghostbusters when Dan Aykroyd gets a blowy from a ghost during the Ghostbusters song sequence? I don't think that happens. It 100% happens. It's during the Ghostbusters song. Bustin' makes me feel good. And there's like... Bustin' makes me feel good. Yeah, Same. And this like hot ghost blows him. And I just like, I'm so into that. I'm so... That's like, what's it called? There's, it's like I, um, 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 oh, fa- like fast, yeah, phasma, like faz- necrophiliac or something. Well, I don't no, know. I don't want to, I don't want to fuck a dead body. I want a dead body to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be the bottom for a dead body. <laughs> well, think about it. How spooky. Think about it. Think about it. Just call me a haunted house. Cause I got ghosts inside me. Okay. All right. Well, All this right. has been a fun episode. <laughs> uh, like, Subscribe, subscribe. stop, drop, roll. (laughs) Let us know if you have any conspiracies that we didn't cover. And if there's a ghost haunting your house, call me. Yeah, let him in. Wink. I'll I'll come over. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, I want to have an orgy with Casper's uncles. What are their names? Stretch, Stinky. Stretch, though. Stretch. Wait, what's the other one? Like Tubby? What's the big one? You want to be with Stinky? No. But Tubby stretch. and Stretch. <laughs> stretch and what's the big one's name? I don't know. I don't know kid shit. I don't know. Christina Ricci's dad in that movie could get it though. What's his name? David Duchovny? That's not David Duchovny. Who am I thinking of? I honestly don't know anybody. Ugh, ghosts make me just horny, man. All right, bye. We'll have to look it up. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs>